0: Yo, yo, what's going on, everybody? This is your friendly neighborhood knucklehead, and it is the Part-Time Artist Podcast, episode 166. Um, I'm in a little bit of a chaotic mood, obviously. Uh, the past couple days here in Philadelphia, we've been dealing with the case of Eddie... Irazari, which is another person that the police have murdered in Philadelphia, and it it is just it's not surprising, but again, it's like what are we gonna do about this? And and this is something I've always talked about since episode one of this podcast is being clear about what's going on uh, between us and the police and. It's just, there's, there's, I don't even know what to say about it because there's a video of it and they had a story. He's, he had a knife, then he had a gun, and, and you can just see the cop just running up next to him, sitting in his car, and he just opens fire and, and now someone's dead. Um, and for all charges to be dropped against this officer is, extremely disappointing to say the least i'm gonna continue to see what i can do about getting involved with this situation i missed the initial protest after the hearing um incredibly just devastated about this again i mean we had hope this time because they did indict the officer right away so i don't know I don't know what to say about it. It's just, it's just a fucking shame. So, if you haven't heard about it, just look up Eddie Irizarry here in Philadelphia. You can watch the video. You can see what the ruling is, and um, yeah, we can we can figure this out. We can spread awareness against what's going on here. Um, another thing I want to spread awareness towards is I will be walking this Sunday. In support of the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, and at the bottom of the description for this episode, I'm gonna have the link where you can uh, help me out towards my goal for raising money for the AFSP. Um, if you have a couple bucks, let's you know, let's put it towards a good cause here. I think. Suicide is just such a major cause of death with the people in the artist artistic community, uh, whether you're just a weirdo, whether you're just um, a young person, a member of the LGBTQ community, whether you just feel different. Um, we've all had really dark times. Some of us might have even uh, survived attempts, like me, And um, it's something we need to get a handle on here, especially in America and especially um, with this community of creative people. So if you have the means, just check out the link that I'll put in the description for the podcast. All right, let's get into the show. Um, I got a really, really cool couple of guests here from the faraway lands of St. Louis. We have June and Joseph from the group Stoker. Thank you guys so much for coming on to the show.
1: (laughs) Awesome. Yeah, glad to be here.
0: (laughs) So, um... So are you guys like the main, uh, is this like the John and Paul of Stoker? You guys like the main songwriters?
1: I think, well, I, so I'm the main songwriter. Okay. Um, yeah. And then the way, the way it kind of goes is, you know, I'll write these tunes and then we like hash it out with the band and kind of build a bigger sound. So even some of the stuff I work on in the studio when it's like primarily acoustic driven, like when the band plays out, it's a lot it heavier, you know, the songs are longer. So there's definitely a lot of like voice of the band in the live shows.
0: Right. So, so you're kind of like, uh, the front man and June were playing bass and doing backup vocals and stuff like that. Are you doing synths? Too? Mainly,
2: mainly playing bass and, um, making wisecracks. Um, <laughs> perfect uh that's usually
1: me he's brilliant at wisecracks yeah that's like
0: <laughs> yeah i mean uh, that's that's that comes with the territory with the bass player not a good bass player yeah. if you don't have good, good jokes i guess <laughs>
2: trying to embody that bass player from nirvana you know what i mean or Mac demarco's yep. old bass player uh McGarry, <laughs> pierce McGarry. you
0: know right so. um so Let's see, let's, I want to know right off the bat, um, because one thing I'm really impressed with, um, the sound of the latest record, which we're going to get into in a little bit, but I want to know for each of you, what's one thing or one person or one project or one album, just one thing that had the most impact on you As a songwriter or as a musician?
1: Could be at any time. At
0: any time. Or is it only for
1: this project or for any time?
2: Just
0: in general, like where you are, where you sit right now, what's one thing that you think had like a really big impact on getting you to this place as an artist?
2: Um, I think if I had to answer, um, just as personally with the art that I make, it's um, Make Out Videotapes' album Yin Yang, um, okay. which Make Out videotape was, like, back to Marco's band before he, you know, went on his own kind of merry way. Right. And it's very much, like, a, you know, lo-fi garage rock with, like, a lot of open D tuning, which I really enjoy oh. playing in. Um, and it's just really catchy pop songwriting that, like, just really works with this nice little... I don't know,
0: like static style So, Wow. Big fan yeah. of it. Yeah, I definitely heard some like on and off Mac DeMarco stuff, at least in like some of the harmonies that would come in, because that's, I'm not totally um, versed in, actually, what's interesting is our last podcast guest, the last person I had on the show, he, uh, shout out to Clear Vision Collective and Spacey, Um, out in LA, they were so trippy, Mac DeMarco, you know, and, and that was, um, one of the things that really aligned me to that music was the way that the vocals sit. And I think like that garage vocal stuff, it was a little bit present in your guys's latest record. Although you guys were very clean. Like the vocals are so clean and polished and upfront. I, I can't say how much
2: that like that kind of style has influence on this record specifically, but definitely like my playing during live shows is definitely a big influence, especially with the kind of bass work that he's done.
0: Right on. So what do we got, yeah, Joseph?
1: Should... Yeah, I'm thinking here. I I mean I probably... it is heavy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I didn't yeah, realize it's like how heavy big it
1: was. There's like, I could go a lot of directions with this. It's like, there's artists, there's like, you know, there's records that I got as a kid or like bands that I saw. Yeah. Um, I think like a big thing for this album, like before I played anything else, I actually played violin.
0: So that ah. was like my
1: first. And so, yeah. Yeah. And I started when I was answer. like, in grade, right? And it was this big, I can remember like opening up this, like, My aunt had a violin and she sent it over, you know, so I could start playing in the orchestra as a kid and like I remember just like opening it up and being like so excited about like all the potential. You know what I mean? Like all of the songs we could play and like all the fun I would have as a little kid, you know?
0: Shout out to the cool aunts out there. My aunt aunt Kathy. Aunt (laughs) Kathy. Love you, man.
1: Yeah, so you know, got that chance to play in the orchestra and i feel like that helped me like when when i finally found my way to songwriting you know a couple years you know a couple years later and then like really got got my first band together it's like all oh, it was nice coming from those roots and thinking of like the layering and like you know
0: yeah
1: soft complexity with like harmonies and and you know melodies and we can also like have something really heavy and loud too right mm-hmm. so i feel like that
0: Wow. Yeah. And and what also kind of comes in and out when I listen to this record is kind of like tension that builds from like elements that sound like strings. And I always like, like even in movies, there's usually they'll put in some strings sometimes. So that's interesting that you have the background in violin. I wonder if that's um something I was picking up on at all. Um but let's talk about the current Stoker band setup and your your acoustic sound here. What what right now, what is the personnel? Because I know we have a, like a little bit of like uh some features with the new record. We have uh Ryan Cheney, Karen Cho. I'm sorry if I'm saying the names wrong. But Ryan I just Ryan Cheney and
1: yeah. Yeah. Karen Choi.
0: So how so are they is that like people in the St. Louis network or are they just uh people that you know from the studios or something?
1: Yeah, they're people in my St. Louis network. So I this album like we started it um we did a lot of work in in my basement. Um it was Andrew Ryan and I. He's another um St. Louis singer-songwriter who, you know, you should definitely check out, but
0: okay we were
1: working on it, and he's kind of he's connected um he's connected to a lot of musicians in the scene, and then i I'm also as well and so I reached out to um I reached out to some friends and the people who could make it I sort of had an idea of like what we could feature them on like what songs were their vocals really suited towards right so we had Karen do san francisco um right. she's on a few of the tracks right but her her She's, like, a Nashville um, singer-songwriter, like, oh, very wow. talented. Yeah, the way she sings, she's got a very unique, like, voice and, and delivery. So, um, it just felt right to have her on a, on a few of those tracks. Um, she's
2: such a cool person. Yeah,
1: and she is also just an amazing person. Mm. Yeah. And then Ryan kind of has this, like, like... I don't know how to describe it like he kind of comes through almost like his voice is breaking up but it's like really and it's very distinctive like it's you can always tell it's him you know the way that he sings so like found like the songs that were a little heavier was like where it felt like you know we can get ryan's vocals on there
3: Mm.
1: um so yeah it kind of turned into this whole um just like a Kind of like a friends hanging out vibe in the basement, you know, and wow. we'd like goof around and, you know, we goof around and and then it would be like, oh, okay, let's do Ryan's parts, you know, and we'd kind of like go over them and and hit them a bunch of times and like tweak them if we needed to. Wow.
0: So I liked
1: the it seemed like going back to even like that like a year ago when we were working on on all this and it was like
0: mm-hmm.
1: it just felt like a bunch of friends hanging out, you know. Wow. Was
0: so and and. The the sound, like listening to the tunes that you guys put out a couple years ago and then this record, it's like, it does feel like there's an evolution in the sound a little bit, but it more feels like there's an evolution in the purpose of the music. It kind of felt like with this record, there was like this dedicated concept maybe Um, and the sound and the fullness of some of these songs. Like, at first, I was really picking up on, like, a lot of Johnny Cash, Radiohead,, uh, even Coldplay. And this first record or this first song that we're gonna get into, which is a little bit one of the older tunes, it really reminded me of like the first Foo Fighters record. Was anything was any of that stuff like on your radar as influences? or what, you- what would you pinpoint as influences uh, where you started out and, and with this record?
1: Yeah, great question. I think that Radiohead is always an influence. Just their, you know, In Rainbows for me is like a huge album. Mm-hmm. Um, like, love their work. And, and like, I've listened to so much of them that I feel like it just built into my, you know, like the way, the way I think about music now. Um, for this project, it, I, I, I was thinking like Guided by Voices was one.
0: Okay, yeah. Um, That's... Um,
1: You know, thinking about, um, like, featuring that acoustic, but, like, letting it be heavier sometimes. Mm -hmm. And then always, like, Elliot Smith is a big influence, too. Uh. Like, the way that um, he built his chord structures and, like, his, you know, his melodies. And, like, that is a, that's someone that I I kind of, I always think about. I always think about, yeah, the way that he worked and the way that his albums really continued to you know, progress and change over time, right?
3: Mm.
1: Still the same, but a little bit of a different, you know, a different way of looking at it every album. So I think that for this one, you know, it is um maybe it's I I approached it differently in the sense that I wanted to connect everything together. As like a whole, you know, so even beyond just having the songs you know the way that they flow into each other, like thinking about maybe what's the concept behind what unites all of these tracks, um what mi- means that they fit well together um, and so, you know, I spent a lot of time thinking about that and and came to the you know, came to this like. The end production result, right, which has all that kind of like radio interstitials
0: and like, yeah, yeah, um,
1: you know, like some kind of like maybe what seemed like abstract you know, like aphorisms, but that like these comments that tie the songs together, you know,
0: mm. yeah that that was it's so cool, and and I can't wait to get into picking this album a little bit but let's get into our first tune here just to set the stage for the stoker sound this tune is um it was off of an ep that you did a couple years ago it's um or rather two uh, double single whatever you guys want to call it um this tune is called decorate your room check it out All right, so that tune is called Decorate Your Room, and you can check out stokerstl.bandcamp.com. They're also on all streaming platforms, including Spotify especially. Um, let's talk about this uh, release show. How how did the release show go? That was only a couple days ago, right? That's right.
2: Yeah, it was um, last Saturday. Um, it was a smash. It was really, really fun. We had it at the Off-Broadway music venue. Um we printed some special T-shirts just for that show. Um, wow! They sold, they sold it pretty well. Yeah. People dug it. It was like kind of like a vapor wavy kind of vibe, very like cool. 80s, 90s nostalgic. Um, which I, I kind of like to make designs like that from time to time. Yeah, June's a fashion oh, designer. You, d- you designed the shirt. Wow,
0: <laughs> that's incredible.
1: Yeah, I was looking to see if I could find one but i think we actually sold them all so
0: wow congratulations my god how is that's that's incredible um yeah it was
1: it was an awesome show it was just like um you know bigger bigger venue for you know for for this act but it was pretty pretty packed and wow we tried some we took some risks out there on stage which were were really fun so and shout out to the bands that
2: played there like um serve a day of uh, you haven't listened to them they're an incredible st louis native um and nico the band uh it was actually their last show allegedly we'll see We'll well you know i'm trying to convince them to come back and do more maybe, yeah but. they should
1: he smashed an organ on stage pretty brutal oh and broke some of his hands in the process crazy yeah this is a band where people like fight on stage as part of their act you know wow. like you don't see that that kind of gnarly shit anymore, no. so I'm like,
0: yeah, let's do it. So what, so. like, what kinds of things, uh, what kinds of things do you usually see in like the St. Louis space? And describe what the the venue scene is like. Uh, how how was that venue compared to like a typical St. Louis gig for those that haven't played in that area? Right.
2: So, Off Broadway is a really good, really great, like four hundred person venue that gets oh, wow. a lot of like really that gets like a lot of like really hip acts. You know, like I, I've seen, i um, I'm I've, I've seen Tops there. I've seen Hurry um, for the Riff Rap, and I'm getting ready to see um, Freaky Cosmos there next week. Um, and they they get a lot of like really hip acts there, and you know they also make a lot of time for. Um, you know, the local scene to, like, host shows there. Um, Sarah, who's the booker there, and also, like, kind of runs the joint. Um, she's just nothing but nice. Um, very queer and trans-accepting, so that's always good. Um, I don't know. It's just always been my favorite venue in this city. Now, there are smaller venues, but they tend to be very... It, it's a lot of house shows. Um, there's the cool. sinkhole, which hosts a lot of shows. Um, but it's it's a really big, like house show scene for the most part, a lot of punk bands. And then some like indie and kind of like psychedelia like, happening around here, too,
0: right on, yeah. I first of all, I think St. Louis is a beautiful city. I loved that city when we were there uh, on tour a bunch of years ago. Um, I hate the fucking Rams for leaving that city. They have ugly uniforms. <laughs> they ruined like what was a great football team, which was the St. Louis Rams. I can't look at that team the same. Um what is your guys' experience with St. Louis in particular?
3: Yeah, so
1: for me it's a little different. Like I grew up in the country. So when I say that at like an hour outside of an hour outside of St. Louis in a very rural area. Mm-hmm. Um my closest neighbor's like like a mile away. Kind okay. of world right you know, um, so for me, like the city was always like where I wanted to be, you know, and it, mm-hmm. as soon as I I'd be out there like going to see shows and sure. trying to be it's good and uh and so, for me, it's like you know, I feel like it's a great like it's home, you know, it's a great place to be, always a cool show, you know, um always a new band to check out, mhm, yeah we also have like one of the best symphonies in the world you know wow. so like that is, you know spend time going to the symphony too and didn't the the bass and the violin player that played at our show they also played at the symphony mm-hmm. as well yeah we have so in our in our there we've got a couple alternates for the symphony and i they're they're collaborators they're featured on the album too and and wow. like tracks like reflection string dream so it was very cool to have a electric bass and upright bass
0: wow.
2: um, playing the, with the, with the violin. It was, it was just beautiful. It's like nothing I've ever seen before.
0: Wow! Yeah. Wow! So let's get let's get into this. First of all, let's get into this recording process a little bit for this album. Um, I love that we just went with a full length record. First of all, I'm just a big I like music is art to me. Like I like to listen to an album and listen to it over and over again and read the liner notes and read the lyrics. and it's like, oh, there's this person on this one that did that, and the backup vocal like I like digging into that shit. So thank you guys so much for doing that. Um And now, one of the things I wanted to ask, and especially having an intro track and then the outro track,. <laughs> That was just so cool First of all, Sapling Stretch Which is the last tune on this new record Called Program to Exist By Stoker That song, that's my favorite song on the record The train sounds that come in The the, the drums And then the radio Outro, it's just like It's so fucking cool It's almost like a sound design Like coming in there What What's the story behind that song At least
1: Yeah. Let me think about that. It's, it's just one of those songs. Like sometimes it's hard to be like, you know, an exact event, right. That made, that made that, you know, that sparked that song. But I can remember like, sometimes I take these walks out to the park, Uh you know, and it's like a, it's like a really chilly, you know, like it's a chilly winter day. Right. And I come back and I'm like thinking, and I just have this, like, I have that sort of like, whatever that feel is, that hurdy gurdy kind of feel. Right. And I just started kind of, I started kind of working on that and I was like, this could be, you know, I tend to use a lot of chords and think about like some complexity like with the with the melody, but I felt like something totally new happened that day, you know, where I was like, okay, like we can just like really dig into this like repetitive, um almost drone type sound. Yeah. And then pull out these lyrics, you know, like that are kind of about like I guess nature meeting technology you know? So and,
0: yeah, that whole,
1: you yeah. know, yeah, the song, like the song kind of came together and was its own thing without a lot of the, the, um, the radio static and a lot of the the drums. And, and it kind of was a very simple song, like when, when it was written. Mm-hmm. Um, but I tried some experiments with form with it. Right. So I was like, maybe we, maybe we add like a double verse at the end and then try to, See if like there's a way to take this like drone sound up and, and you know make it like really powerful at the end, which is kind of where those drums came in. Um, so I felt like the song had some experiments I was doing with with lyrics and and the chord choices, and then decided to be even more you know try to take some risks with the production on it. Mm.
0: And so, does that mean does that- that with the with the when you say take some risks with the production? Did we have a, a different process here with this album than we did with the EPs of the past? Were we working with different people? Were we working with different gear? Or how how was how was the process different?
1: Yeah, process was different um, in a, in a lot of ways, right? So had I've had a lot of experience working across this town and a lot with a lot of great people, and I think that this one was like one of the situations where you know sheer luck like brought me into contact with some really good people to work with so um so the way this was different um than some things i've done in the past is like we really it was a pretty diy effort you know like we were doing it here you know whereas in the so in the past i was spending more time like in the studio right and working in the studio and you know, like I have some really good I've got had some really good experiences with that, right? And I have some really great friends that are, you know, uh, that I still work with, right? Wow. But this was like our chance to do this. We, you know, do it our own way, take more time. Um, and I don't know, it just the whole record just feels like way more organic. Um, yeah.
0: yeah. My God. I I, can, I was yeah. so certain it was the other way right, other way around. I was like, oh, the other stuff must have been, like, house stuff, and then this is like they stepped into the studio. Wow, that's incredible, especially with the vocal sound. I don't know what mic you used, but the way that the vocal sound are just just so impressive to me, the sound that y'all got out of that. Um, Now, I want to ask, conceptually, this record, programmed to Exist, I have my own takeaway of what I think this record is about, but I was wondering if each of you had your own conceptual takeaway of if uh of what you think this record is about. If there's a main theme, if there's a main idea, like what does this record mean to you? And I want to start with June.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's a big question that's a a big
0: question i know Um, we gotta give joseph time to think always
2: i know well well, he knows the real answer uh so i mean in terms of like conceptually I, i i don't know how much i can really speak upon that you know i i actually so i joined this band like during his recording process of this record okay uh, so i've been in this band for about six months now um and it's because of these recordings that he sent to me it's like what like really caught my interest is i kind of got to listen to this record before anybody else isn't is, like i don't know about anybody else but like for a lot of people I'm the first three and it was i don't know there was just Sonically is just there was a lot going on there. I was i r I'm a big fan of the little interstitials he has, like in between all the songs, and how much it like it feels like somebody is just sort of trying to change around on the radio to find like the right, you know, yeah the right feeling. Um, but I found a lot of like longingness and like sincerity within this record. And and I feel like it all culminated in Sapling stretch, which is also my favorite song on on yes. this record. Or, On that record, too. Uh, Because Saplings is, like, talk, it's, in a way, lyrically, it's almost kind of, like, aspirational and, like, kind of, like, I don't know, a celebration of, like, nature and, like, growth and all these other things. But there's, like, a darkness that's happening within it sonically that I I just, it just, my brain likes it, and it kind of takes me there. Um, Yeah, I just... All I can really say is I think that Joseph's songwriting is extremely sincere, and I appreciate that and it's hard you you can't really fake that, you know,
0: sure, absolutely yeah, yeah i when i was when i um when I was first listening to it, and it's just like the the way that the album is like this slow burn of bringing. Me as the listener into the fold of what's going on, and then having these these reoccurring riffs, these reoccurring ideas and things that are being sung in melodies. It was my my interpretation was programmed to exist was kind of a statement about the lives that we are supposed to live, that we're programmed to live, and the and this record was sort of this statement of this melancholy darkness where we're we're kind of shutting parts of us out because of our programming, because of our upbringings, and the way that society is kind of like, you know, stuff your emotions down, stuff what makes you different down in order to get in the working world, you know, get up and go to school and become the person that we want you to be. And that to me was where I was going with it. And I was coming from a more like spiritual stuff, too, because programming is something that's talked about with upbringings and being spiritual. How close am I to what you are going for? Way off.
1: I think you. No, I think you're so. It's like, oh, it's amazing. I think you. I think you got it. You know. Woo! I think you got it. Yeah. That's um. Yeah. I think that that.
2: It's a, it's a very existential. Now that you put it that way, it kind of reminds me of the whole idea of existence over essence. Yes. Um, like,
0: exactly. That's
2: it. Stuff, you know, the whole problem of like everybody having to be put it in this world, having to be pushed towards some sort of purpose when that's not really how human beings are, actually are. There's so much more fluidity to it. And there's so much that we sacrifice when we, you know, end up having to program ourselves into some sort of mission or something. Mm-hmm.
0: Wow. Awesome. Yeah, so, I think. Go ahead, go ahead. Part of it was like
1: trying to take the... I guess the, the, you know, the way I think program to exist is just an interesting statement, right? Because it doesn't, it's not like you're programmed to like do necessarily a specific thing, right? Maybe you're programmed to, on the lighter side, like experience this world, right? You're programmed to, to take in, take it all in, take in the good, take in the bad, mm-hmm. right? And like the way that you are, you are, you're, you're like your own unique person, right? Sucking in all these experiences. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the album, like they're pretty they're pretty diverse set of songs, right? And the idea was like this diverse set of experiences, right? Maybe this is like a the way that I was built to experience this world, you know?
0: Awesome. Well let's get into this tune that is off of the record, the latest record, programmed to exist, which came out September fifteenth. This tune is called Let You In. Check it out.
3: taste the
0: Alright, that tune was called Let You In, and it's the fifth track on the new record programmed to exist, um, which you can go to Stoker STL.bandcamp.com or find Stoker STL on Spotify. Now, um let's talk about your journey as a group. Did you guys first start in 2020 2021 that's that's when the song started coming out but when did the is this guy is this your first band or what what's the journey for yeah
1: so it's a long it's a long journey um i'd say it began like you know whenever i was really just a kid and like started playing violin right and that's kind of unlocked my musical you know sure my love for music right played in some bands in high school you know one of the bands was called labages that was our that was a really fun like middle school high school band where you know i did some i did some writing for that band um i played in a group called eric moeller and the Strumalongs, which was like a punk group which was more yes. my friend who who wrote for that and i and i played bass and um Yeah, I played in a band called Gym Shorts, which is not the Gym Shorts that tours right now. It was a different... It was kind of like like an emo, flash, like, maybe heavier type band. And this is all within,
0: like, the St. Louis area?
1: That's right. All within the St. Louis scene. Yeah, that band was actually with my friend Eric Hudson from Boxing. Um, And then, you know, various other kind of smaller bands. throughout that time but like i've always been writing and and i think maybe the the first stoker songs were probably like written sometime and whenever i was like around 2008 maybe oh shit you know okay yeah so like you know like i write these songs i've got a i've got a lot a lot of songs i mean and I've carried them, you know, like all these years and eventually it got to the point where I was like, no, I want to play these out and I don't want to do this solo, you know, under Joseph oh, sure. I want to do it with the full band. And I think that was probably twenty twenty, twenty twenty one, right. where we put out that put out the E P with those three tunes. And um we didn't we did the show for that with a full band. You know, I found the full bands like
0: Was that easy for
1: that reason? It is not easy.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, it, it it's not. But it's like I've worked with some really great people. You know, the the lineup has changed over time, but still got great relationships with like every just everybody in those prior bands that I mentioned, and then like even sure. you know the different the different crew that's played on this project over the last few years. Um, they still come out to the shows and are very supportive. So. Yeah, I hope that's not. It's like, feels like maybe too complicated for the.
0: No, I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot of like, it's cool because a lot of people, almost everybody I talk to that is kind of the spearhead for their project, almost everybody I talk to has like a similar thing, whether you're in Atlanta, whether you're in Chicago, whether, you know, you're wherever. But I like to hear how difficult it is because here in Philly, it, it was like damn near impossible to find someone to play in a band with. And even when I was in New York, it was fo- it was impossible to find people to be in a band with that weren't already in like three other bands. You know, so it's a cool to hear what the musician scene is like in other in other cities, especially around the country. Now, now that you have, I'm assuming, somewhat of a stable lineup, how how did your priorities change from, you know, those, those first initial songs to now what we're doing with collaborating with other artists and stuff like that? Do you feel like, oh shit, like now I want to go on tour, now I want to do this, now I want to do that, or are we still kind of just like interested in composing really cool songs putting it out and then playing in in St. Louis.
1: Yeah, so the definitely the thing that I like most is like I like the writing a lot, right? Yeah. That's my favorite thing, but it's not if I just write don't perform like that's not fun,
3: you know.
1: <laughs> it gets a little bit boring to like just play to your wall, you know what I'm saying? So I think that like the goal for now is just to Keep you know, keep like trying to punch up, you know, and like take the next the next opportunity that comes. So we're we're getting you know we're playing better and better shows around town. Got aspirations to get out and do some regional dates here towards the end of you know in the fall and the spring. Um, see kind of where the maybe the festival season like hits us next year. Wow. Um, we can get on you know try to get on some get on some good good dates there, and the goal is to just keep you know, keep pumping out good music and try to reach, you know, reach people who, you know, the music makes them happy. And eventually
2: get to Philly so we can shake your hand.
1: Yeah. Yes. You got to get out to Philly. Dude, I would tell love. Tell us who the bands that, you know, we, we should uh, play with when, we, when that day comes.
0: Yeah. If you, it, hey, like I tell everybody that comes on the show, whenever you need help in Philly, I mean, that's the point also of this of this podcast is to bring like, like, art, like minded artists together and like connect them in some way. So that's why we have the network that we have through social media, through here, through my uh, Discord server and stuff like that. Um, I guess, June, I want to ask you first, too. Um, and this will probably be the last, my last question. The folks that want to come into St. Louis, maybe play around in St. Louis. What what should we know about St. Louis as a music town, as a music scene? We talked about the house shows and stuff. Is that the best route to take for people to to try to break into St. Louis?
2: Do I have permission to talk a little
0: shit?
1: Yeah.
2: Dude. I'll talk a little shit.
0: Um, I talk shit all the time. <laughs>
2: Don't go to Red Flag. Just don't go to Red Flag. That's how I feel. He, I don't know how he feels. Don't go to Red Flag. Um, don't
0: go to Red Flag.
2: Single if you're looking for, like, a cool, like, 100-person, like, venue, like, a nice little, like, punk-diving kind of feel. Um, if you're looking to play, like, a bigger concert, like, if you're bringing in, like, 150, 200-plus, play Off-Broadway. Um, Off-Broadway music video, I think, is the best venue we have in the city. Okay. Um honestly like you pick the right like house show like wolf pussy or um blanking on a few others right now but um i don't know it could be a real fun time especially if you catch yourself in a house show like in south city south city st louis is just a really good vibe
0: do you guys feel like um booking shows is kind of happening through instagram nowadays like we got to if you want to play at a house show, you got to find like a band that's local to St. Louis, talk to them on Instagram and then, and then figure it out from there. Is that sort of the route that we take?
2: Yeah. I feel like it's most commonly Instagram.
0: Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. There's awesome. a lot of
1: networking, right? You know, your friends, bands knows, you know, the people, right. Who run this house venue. And that's kind of how I see a lot of those connections being made.
2: And mm-hmm. on a side note, I feel like I realized that was a little personal it's
0: fine no fine. i feel the it's same fine. way about uh i'm going to talk a little shit in you're gonna philly you're going to be oh, fine okay. you're going to be fine you're not going to get um exiled from red flag but i the, there's places like that everywhere like in philly i tell people to stay away from the fire because the fire is just it's not the scene that it was in the past and they 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 ride the coattails of being like in the in the underground scene since, like, you know, for, for over 20 years. But it's like, yeah, but 20 years ago, things were way different than they are now. And nowadays, they kind of just take anybody and and play a show in a venue that's, like, behind a wall that nobody even knows when there's a band playing. And, you know, it it's just not the kind of venue that is, like, really doing all that much promotion. So I, I tell people the same thing, like... When you come to Philly, you're you're better off figuring out house shows because those are those are the things that that's the network where kids go to shows. You know, regardless if they right. know who you are, or they don't know who you are. The venues, it's not it really my big the thing same thing. Is I,
2: I just try to fight anybody who's using any pay to play business tactics. I'm just not a fan of that. I'm just kind of punishing younger bands. Um... I think if you can't book them don't make them pay to play i think it's ridiculous and i've seen a lot of that from red flag and Bar, just from right. some bookers i know it's not always the venue itself's fault but i just want people to get money to get paid you know i think it's right <laughs> you know yes
0: exactly um so on that note we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna play a little bit of a throwback tune here this tune um, is called Same Way. Thank you guys so much for coming on the show and rip on, everybody. You'll remind me
3: It's getting harder now To find something Useful to talk about I'll pull the words out of my mouth only to make it up again same and nothing tastes the same